fellow people of Earth and Spotify and Anchor podcast listeners. Welcome to the May 11th, 2023 Midday Movie Madness podcast. I'm Movie Guru. Happy birthday today to the late Glee actor Corey Monteith, the late Natasha Richardson, the painter Salvador Dali, and football player Cam Newton. 2012's Dark Shadows, 2016's Breaking In and the Angry Birds movie, 2000's Road Trip, 2001's A Night's Tale with Heath Ledger, and 2007's Georgia Rule all debuted on this day. Tonight is the start of the Cape Cod Collaborative Art Network, Cape Cod Can's fun three-day art fest at the Geyer Barn in Hyannis. There'll be art, music, movement, and even a mindfulness play starring yours truly. For more information, visit artsonthecape.org backslash Cape Cod Can or visit Cape Cod Can's Facebook page. I want to wish my roommate Cassie Steinberg and my twin cousins Moshe and Ellie the happiest of belated birthdays. Their birthdays were yesterday, May 10th, and I accidentally forgotten about my cousins on yesterday's flashback fun. Oopsies. I also want to give a belated heavenly birthday shout out to my cousin, Joey Engelman, who would have been 30 years old on May 9th. I'd also like to give belated congrats to Laurel Wood's daughter, Hannah Wood, who graduated with her master's degree on Sunday, May 7th, which happened to be the birthday of McCabe Sports of Special Olympics Massachusetts head coach Queen Gail Capello. Tomorrow, skateboarder Tony Hawk, Ellen Etter, the great Catherine Hepburn, actor Rami Malek, actor Emilio Estevez, and the late George Carlin blow up birthday candles. The newest Batman are Bats, I mean Robert Pattinson, Stevie Wonder, singer Darius Rucker, Leonard Denham, and TV show Stephen Colbert were born May 13th, which is the release date for 2005's Monster in Law, 2021 Spiral, 1994's The Crow, and last year's awful Firestarter remake. Sunday, May 14th marks a few things. First, it's Mother's Day, that celebration honoring maternal bonds, motherhood, and mothers. Whether you are a single mom, expectant mom, pet mom, foster mom, grandmother, motherly figure, etc., I want to know that you are all very much appreciated and loved. I'd like to give a shout-out first to my own two mothers, my own mother, Sarah Engelman, and my hardworking, incredible Cape Cod surrogate mother, Rita Kasky, and to my expectant sister, Rachel Engelman, whom I know is going to make a wonderful, amazing mother. Next, I'd like to give a shout out to all the moms out there and that I know, including, but not limited, to my late grandmothers, Betty Goggy Engelman and Mary Gammy Bartson, Alex Leader, Emily LeBeau, Anna Stockman, Katie Daphner, Mary Claire Rivera, Jenna Wallace, Kate, St- Kate Laughlin, Jordan Bell, Catherine and Carolyn Donovan, Katie Soros, Melinda McCabin, Sarah Hannah Wolf, Diana Engelman, Leah, An- Leah Cohen, 
Shauna Ruggerello, sorry if I muff that up badly, Sarah Morse, Aya Stockman, Julie Dresner, Mimi Kennedy, Hillary Parkin, new mom Le- Nora LeBeau, Sharon Sherman, Lindsay Anderson, Stacey Dwyer, Robin Curry, Pat Bauer, Abby Stone, Cassandra Edelman, Debbie Pikus, Lisa Talley, Susan Niven, Cami Zadro, Paige Woodbury, Becky Abramowitz, Laura Engel, Megan Loveton, Rachel Bartson, Robin Engelman, Jean Margaret Wiebe, Randy Abramowitz, Robin Golan, Carol Engelman, Gail Capello, Kristen Setcher, Megan Engelman, Emily Niven, Johanna Corrales, Gina Spohn, Robin Engelman, Lisa Zinzius, Karen Phillips, Michelle Milligan, Chrissy Georgette, Gretchen Bartson, Angie Bartson, and many, many, many others I can't think of right now. That day also hap- is also John Wittick, Facebook creator Mark Zuckerberg, Rob Gronkowski, Miranda Cosgrove, Star Wars creator George Lucas, and Kate Blanchett's birthdays, as well as the debut of 2010's Letters to Juliet, 2004's Troy, and 1982's Conan the Barbarian. May 14th happens to be a very big day for the Angman families. It was on that day on, in 1917, 106 years ago, their beloved patriarch and my grandfather, Howard Pops Angman, was born. Though he passed in November 2003, his legacy lives on in his five sons, my dad, Bob Angman, whose birthday is a week from Friday, Jimmy, Billy, Tommy, and Johnny. It also lives on through his countless grandchildren, including Charlie Engelman, Rachel Engelman, yours truly, Kate Engelman, Glenn Engelman, Naomi, Sammy, Reese, Josh Engelman, Melinda McCabin, Sarah Hannah Wolf, and his innumerable great-grandchildren, including the seven wolf kids from Israel, Leah Engelman, Leah's daughter, Bashihila, Gavriel, Levi, Ariel, I mean Ari, and Matt McCabe. Happy birthday, Pops. Love and miss you. As tradition, I'll be having ice cream in your honor on Sunday and doing some of your favorite films in your and Joey honor later today. My cousin Kate Engelman, Megan Fox, and Janet Jackson have birthdays May 16th which happens to be the debut date for 2013's Star Trek Into Darkness, 2014's Godzilla, and 1986's Top Gun. The late Bob Saget, actress Nikki Reig, singer Enya, the late Bill Paxton were born May 17th. I would like to wish my brother Charlie Engelman the very best of luck on his big art show next week. The final Guardians of the Galaxy film kicked off summer 2023 movie season with $114 million in its domestic debut. It ranks as the second biggest opening of the year behind the Super Mario Brothers movie with $146 million. Despite the huge figure, the film arrived behind 2017's Guardians of the Galaxy Vol 2, which made $146 million. But it is a jump on 2014's Guardians of the Galaxy's $94 million bow. The Misfit Space Crew took $168 million from overseas 
bringing its global haul to $282 million. However, it is the lowest start of summer bow for the MCU on this frame. The drop from last year's May entry, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, is down $73 million from that one. The film needs to do well as summer movie season kicks into high gear with Fast X next week and The Little Mermaid on May 26. And it definitely needs to avoid the same humiliation fate as Quantman and the as Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumanium, which opened earlier this year to $106 million before immediately crashing. The weekend's other newbie, Sony's rom-com Love Again, majorly flopped with $2.4 million, landing in fifth place. It mu- Guardians 3 finally... Guardians finally uh, ended the Super Mario Brother movie's four-week reign, which slid to second with $18.6 million. It's still the highest-grossing film of the year, with 518 million gold coins domestically and 1.15 billion gold coins worldwide. Evil Dead Rise took third with $5.7 million. So far, it's made $110 million worldwide. According to IMDb.com, in this film, Cosmo is given a female gender as tribute to Lakia, the Russian dog, one of the first animals in space. The ongoing writing strike has impacted two major projects. Deadline.com announced May 6th Fans of Netflix's Stranger Things will have to wait longer for the fifth and final season, whose starter production is being delayed by the writer's strike. Faced with the, pros- faced with the prospect of filming without writers on set, creators, executive producers, and showrunners, the Duffer Brothers, have opted instead to postpone production. Writing does not stop when filming begins, they wrote on the official Twitter account for the Stranger Things writers. While we're excited to start production with our amazing cast and crew, it is not possible during the strike. We hope a fair deal is reached soon so we can all get back to work. Until then, over and out, hashtag WGA strong. Stranger Things wasn't the only project delayed. I'm sorry, belayed fans, but the strike is also taking a big bite out of Mahershala Ali's Blade reboot. It was reported Sunday the film, which was set to begin shooting in Atlanta next month, but undergoing rewrites, has been stopped. That's gotta suck. If that wasn't bad enough, New England-based chain Christmas Tree Shop has entered Chapter 11 bankruptcy and has closed most of its stores in New England. And the only one now open on Cape Cod happens to be the big one in Hyannis. After 36 years, MTV MTV News, which was created to expand the programming that defined the channel, has been canceled. The HollywoodReporter.com declared yesterday, Bad Cinderella is taking its final bow. The Andrew Lloyd Webber production announced on Wednesday that it will be closing at the Imperial Theater after it failed 
to garner any Tony Award nominee. Closing at the Imperial Theater on June 4th after opening in March. The musical announced its closure after it failed to garner any Tony Award nominations, which were announced May 2nd. Bob Fosse's Dancing, which also did not receive any nods, announced its closure that day. Bad Cinderella has also seen weeks of declining grosses in attendance. In the most recent week of grosses, which ended May 7th, the musical played to 53% capacity and grossed $326,303, which is below the running cost of most musical. As it stands, after Bad Cinderella plays its final performance, Lloyd Webber will not have a musical on Broadway for the first time in decades. He had long been represented by the Phantom of the Opera, which played its final performance on April 16th, as well as other musicals such as Cats, Evita, and School of Rock. The musical joins a long list of Broadway productions that have closed in the last year, including K-Pop, A Strange Loop, Dear Adam Van Hansen, Ain't No Mo, Room, and Come From Away, among others. In much better news, The Ghost of the Boast is coming back. That's right, folks. We have an official release date for the recently announced Beetlejuice 2. Variety.com revealed May 8th, Warner Brothers must have said Beetlejuice's name three times because the pesty poltergeist is returning to theater in less than 17 months. Tim Burton's Beetlejuice 2, which began filming in London yesterday, has been given a release date of May 6, 2024. That puts Beetlejuice up against the Mahershala Ali Blade reboot, if said film isn't delayed, again, due to the strike. Warner Brothers has had major luck during Labor Day weekend in prior years with the two it films and the nun. Nothing really is known about the plot. All we know is that Michael Keaton is returning as Beetlejuice and Winona Ryder is returning as Lydia Dietz. Wednesday breakout star Jenna Ortega will be playing Lydia's daughter while Justin Thoreau is in an undisclosed role. Speaking of sequels, can we just like chill out for a second and appreciate this news? Last night, it was announced that a sequel to Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan's 2023 body swap comedy Freaky Friday is happening with the stars returning. Deadline.com announced last night Lohan and Curtis starred in the 2003 pick as mother and daughter who wake up one Friday happened to swap bodies. That film was based on Roger. Mary Rogers' 1972 novel engrossed $160 million worldwide. Speaking of future films, May 8th, it was announced that Universal moved its R-rated comedy strays from June 9th to June 18th. The comedy now faces DC's Blue Beetle. Strays takes the place of a comedy film from the Please Don't Destroy comedy gang which will now go right on to Peacock November 17th. Last Friday, May 4th, the late Star Wars star Carrie Fisher was finally giving her own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame with her emotional daughter, Billy Lord, accepting the honor and wearing a dress with Princess Leia's face on it. Tomorrow, another superstar is getting his own star on the walk as well. That would be country superstar 
and voice coach Blake Shelton. The singer will get his star at 11.30 PST AM tomorrow morning with a ceremony airing live on walkoffame.com. Robert De Niro has become a father for the seventh time at age 79 to a baby girl. The HollywoodReporter.com announced May 9th that country star Dolly Parton is releasing her first rock album, a 30-track album called Rockstar November 17th. The album, with nine original songs and 21 rock covers, has collaborations with artists like Lizzo, Ringo Starr, Miley Cyrus, Paul McCartney, and Elton John. Opa! The trailer for the My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 dropped today, as did the first look image of Elizabeth Banks and Zach Galifianakis in the comedy The Beanie Bubble. My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 goes down the aisle September 8th, whereas The Beanie Bubble bows in select theaters July 21st and globally on Apple Plus TV on July 28th. I love you, you love me, we know who's showing the reboot of Barney. Deadline.com announced May 9th the famous purple dinosaur will be singing and dancing his way in his new CG animated revamped design with his new CG animated revamped design with Barney's World with his new show Barney's World to Cartoon Network's preschool block Cartoon Nito and streaming on Max sometime in 2024. In theaters this Friday is the rom-com Book Club, The Next Chapter, starring Diane Keaton, Jane Fonda, Candace Bergen, Andy Garcia, Craig T. Nelson, and Mary Steergen. Steenbergen. The original book club centered on lifelong friends Diane, Carol, Sharon, and Vivian, who held their weekly book club for 40 years. After the club reached Fifty Shades of Grey, they see it as a wake-up call about all the pleasures they've missed in their lives, and they pursue renewed relationship with their significant others or find new partners, and realize eventually that they deserve to be happy. The highly anticipated sequel follows the besties after one of them gets engaged and they take their book club to Italy for an awesome girls' trip they never had. But when things get off the rails, their relaxing vacation turns into a once-in-a-lifetime cross-time adventure. Also in theaters this Friday is Knights of the Zodiac. This fantasy action film stars the talents of Makenya Ryu, Famika Johnson, Sean Bean, Mark Dacosco, and Madison Isman. The film brings the international magna anime sensation Saint Seiya to the big screen in live action for the first time. Headstrong street team Seiya spends his time fighting for cash while he searches for his kidnapped sister. When one of his fights taps into hidden mystical powers, he finds himself thrust into a world of ancient magical training, warring saints, and a reincarnated goddess in the body of a young girl who needs his protection. If he needs this, if he gotta save the world, he must face his own past and become a knight of the Zodiac. On the flip side of the genre, also arriving in theaters tomorrow, May 12th, is the action thriller sci-fi film Hypnotic with Ben Affleck, Alicia Braga, 
J.D. Pardo, Jackie, and Jackie O'Haley, and William Finchner. In the film, a detective digs deep into a mystery involving his missing daughter and a shady government program. Affleck's wife, Jennifer Lopez, also has an action thriller out tomorrow, May 12th. Netflix is The Mother, also starring Gail Garcia Barnell and Joseph Fiennes. While fleeing from dangerous foes, an assassin comes out of hiding to protect her daughter that she left earlier in life. Now for the three films in honor of my late grandfather and cousin. First up is the adventure film of adaptation of Rudyard Kipling's 1888 novel, novella of the same name, The Man Who Would Be King, one of my grandfather's favorite films. The December 1975 film, adapted and directed by John Huston, starred Sean Connery, Michael Caine, Syed Jeffrey, and Christopher Plummer. It centers on two rogue former British soldiers in 1880s India who end up in Kafiristan, a land where no white man has been since Alexander the Great, where one man is mistaken for a god and made their king. The $11 million grocer was up for four Oscars. Best Art Direction, Best Film Editing, Best Costume Design, and Best Screenplay Adapted from Other Material. Did you know that Peter O'Toole was asked to play Rudyard Kipling? Suggested by Sarah Engelman of Sherman Oaks, California, in Joey's honor, is John Landis' 1980 musical, The Blues Brothers, with John Belusi, Henry Gibson, Kathleen Friedman, John Candy, Carrie Fisher, Dan Aykroyd, and many musical performances by singer James Brown, Cab Calloway in his final feature film role, Chaka Khan, and Ray Charles. It follows parole convict Jake Blues, who rejoins with his brother Elwood after being released. But the duo has just days to reunite their old R&B band and save the Catholic home where they too were raised, outrunning the police and others through Chicago. Due to the countless trouble that plagued it and the assumption it would fail, the June 20th release first intakings weren't as big as they expected. It made over $115 million in theaters worldwide before its home video release and has become a cult classic. A sequel, Blues Brothers 2000, was released in 1988. Did you know that John Belusi was nicknamed the Black Hole because he went through hundreds of pairs of sunglasses during production? He would do a scene and then lose the pair right before filming the next one. And now for a film that honors both Joey and Pops. Tradition, tradition. Matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. Find me a cat. Find me a find. Catch me a catch. November 3rd this year will mark 52 years since the late Topol, Norma Crane, Leonard Frey, and the rest of the cast of the musical dramedy Fiddler on the Roof danced the horror to theaters. The beloved film version of the 1964 Broadway play doesn't even need a recap. The 83.3 million grocer had a leading eight Oscar noms at the 44th Academy Awards 
including Best Picture and Best Actor for Topol, and took home three, Best Original Score, Best Sound, and Best Cinematography. Director Norman Jervison was brought into the film by United Artists executives who believed he was Jewish. Upon meeting them, his first words to them were, You know I'm not r- Jewish, right? He's the voice of the rabbi who sings Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov in Tevye's dream sequence. On Apple TV Plus, May 12th, is the documentary Still, a Michael Fox documentary. And it recounts Fox's extraordinary journey in his own world. The, un- the improbable tale of an undersized kid from a Canadian army base who rose to the heights of stardom in 1980s Hollywood and unspools a lot and his public life will unspool alongside his never-before-seen private journey, including his the years that after his Parkinson's disease diagnosis at just age 29. The debut date for Adam Sandler's newest Netflix film, You Are So Not Invited to Biomont's Vita, was released today. The comedy, adapted from Fiona Rosenblum's coming-of-age book, Bows on the Street, was released Yesterday, the comedy bows on the streamer on August 25th. The streamer also released the first trailer for their documentary about Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold, which bows June 7th. Speaking of Netflix, Crunchyroll.com revealed yesterday the English dub of the Pokemon anime is finally releasing the episodes that feature Ash's win at the Pokemon World Coronation Series, which crowning him champion. The third part of the Pokemon Ultimate Journeys, the series, the English name for the Pokemon anime, will be streamed on Netflix on June 23, 2023. Following the end of the Ultimate Journeys series, the aim to be as Pokemon Master special episodes will be mailed available in some capacity. The newest Pokemon anime, titled Pokemon Heroes Horizons the Series in the West, features the first new protagonist in the history of the franchise and started in Japan on April 14th. The series goes international in 2023 after Pokemon Ultimate Journeys the Series concludes. Bittersweet news from, for Yellowstone fans came from The Hollywood Reporter May 5th. The series is officially coming to a close with its final episodes airing in November. But there's going to be another sequel to the most-watched show across broadcast and cable television. And this new installment, which has already been given a straight-to-series order but is still untitled, will, will have Yellowstone in its name, and to the great relief of its Paramount Global win- Lords, will stream on Paramount+, Plus, but not Peacock. And if the franchise's the series' other spinoffs, including 1923 and 1883, which already stream on Paramount Plus, are any indication, this new series will prove to be another bone, a boon to the service, which counts now 60 million subscribers. It was announced last week that the sitcom Call Me Cat, which just aired its season three finale recently along with Walker Independence and the Fantasy Island reboot have been canned.
Now on DVD is Netflix's Oscar-winning anti-war film All Quiet on the Western Front. Based on the novel, 1929 novel, the same name, with stars Felix Kamir, Daniel Brohl, and Sebastian Hulk. Set during World War I, it follows the life of young German soldier Paul Balmer. After enlisting in the German army with his friends, he finds himself exposed to the horrible realities of war, shattering his dreams of being a hero and trying to survive. It got non-nominations at the 95th Academy Awards, including Best Picture, and won Best International Feature, Best Original Score, Best Production Design, and Best Cinematography. And last but certainly not least, also creeping its way to DVD this week, is M. Night Shyamalan's apocalyptic psychological horror, Knock at the Cabin, with Ben Aldridge, Jonathan Groff, Dave Bautista, and Rupert Grint. Based on Paul G. Tremblay's 2018 book, The Cabin at the End of the World, the February 3rd film grossed over $54 million. While vacationing at a remote cabin, a family of three's peaceful time is changed when four strangers arrive. The armed strangers take them hostage and demand they make an unthinkable choice to stop the apocalypse. Scared, the family must decide what they believe before all is lost. That's all for this week's news, folks. So until we meet again, as always, stay safe and watch lots of movies and happy early Mother's Day. Bye, my minions.